Hi guys, thanks for joining me here on the show today. You're listening to Understanding Dyslexia. Today is episode four, where we are joined by Iona, another fellow dyslexic, here to share her story with us. Okay, so hello, Iona. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Um, I am fine. Thank you for um, coming on here and having a little chat. Um, right. So, what is your dyslexia story? Where did it begin? When were you diagnosed? Well, um, it's actually, I feel like from the dyslexia stories that I have heard, it's I've had a, a fairly easy ride. Okay. Um, but well, no, no yeah, ride is easy. No dyslexia ride is easy. Let's just, that's, let's, yeah, let's put that there first. But <laughs> in comparison. As far as they go, okay. uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like I, I think I was diagnosed pretty early. Um, actually I was, I think I was diagnosed twice. The first time was when I was probably about 14, okay, maybe. Actually, no, about 13. Um, well, like before 13, I, I this was when you were in Brussels then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I did all of my schooling everything up until uni was in brussels so you so you um, had a french education yeah yeah so yeah. you did the baccalaureate uh no oh. <laughs> i just did the the normal um secondary thing maybe in brussels it's different how odd I don't, I, I don't know. It's really interesting. Which is in the UK or which? Oh, context. trust me. I mean, I left. I did. Um, I actually, I, le- I when I was sixteen, I left my French school, but still, I, didn't. I only, yeah. I only found out very later on. So, so, yeah. so you were diagnosed in Brussels, right? Okay, when you when yeah, you yeah. were fourteen at your school over there, was it the school? Um, no, it was because uh, obviously I was having trouble at school. Um, I had a like every day after school I'd go to some like small club thing which wasn't related to the school at all but it's just like what well, my mum signed me up to like go do my homework with a bit of help because yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously both my parents being English they couldn't really help with the schoolwork. Um, so I did that and they were like okay maybe you want to like see go see someone see if you do have like dyslexia whatever. it wasn't a dyslexia specific thing it was literally just after school mm. and they're the ones that suggested it yeah. so I went and got the test and they were like yeah you're dyslexic um dyslexic and got um dyscalculia yeah the, yeah yeah. The, yeah the maths one yeah, yeah I've got that too well numbers one um but yeah it's I don't know it I didn't really feel that affected but I was sort of like yeah, I've got trouble. Like I've always known that it's been quite hard, so it's not that surprising. Right. Um, but yeah. And what, what did the um? What did your school like? Did you were you given any methods to kind of like? Were you helped? Were you no, suivy in any way? Well, with the first school, like um, it was a really tough school, like. It was the kind of school that if you're doing badly, they will not help you at all. But yeah. if you're doing well, then, oh, we love you. Let's let's make you even bigger. But I then, think oh, we had very similar experiences. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can relate to that. They can, like, 
yes. go away. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so they did not help me at all. I left there when I was about 12. Okay. No, 13, something like that. Um, but basically, like, the year after I got um, diagnosed. Um, and then, what did I do after that? Yeah, chain school. Went to uh, sort of, I hate to say it, but sort of a fancier school. So they were a lot more hands-on. Yeah, um, a private and school. And I did, but, yeah, I got a lot of help from them. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I think I got to see someone every week to like go and talk about how things go in. Wow, like um, a like a Senko person. How... Like someone specialised. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, amazing. went to talk to them. Like for exams, I always got Exercise. basically as much time as I wanted. Because oh, the one wow. thing that I really struggled with um, was getting stuff done in time. Yeah. Because um, I remember for well, this was on the second time that I did the test to see if I did have um, dyslexia. They did. I mean, I don't know if it's like the same test as whatever anyone else has done that will be listening to this or you or whatever. Um, but it was. You do the test if you're like there's different sections if you're between minus two and zero like if that's your score then you're most likely like you're going into dyslexia mm-hmm. um but then if you're like zero to two you're absolutely probably fine yeah. um and i remember for the like how it affects my speed um while reading it was i think i got like minus 18 or something so yeah it it wasn't great. Um, I was quite impressed with myself about that. Um, but yeah, so I got, it was really helpful looking back now that I know that, that I did get as much time as I needed for exams and stuff. And um, I'd always, whenever I read, I like follow the line or with my finger and they were like, oh, you can have like one of these special rulers, like the coloured ones. Um, I had that and they, they were just a very helpful school. Um, but yeah. So did you feel that. like in any way that in, in, in that second school, did you, did you feel that you were, you felt like everyone else, you felt like you were sort of at the yeah. same level, you didn't feel like you were really far behind and that you were drowning, mm-hmm. basically? Well, I wouldn't because say of that, that help. Morning, but I still felt like I did get help, but I was still just doing really badly. Right. Like still up until then, I was scraping through everything or failing because I failed my third year of secondary. I had to either yeah. start again. It was like um yeah. I should have. Yeah, but you can say it in French. I was about fourteen. Sorry. So what? Cinquième, sixième? No, troisième. Yeah, troisième. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that one. Um, and then. Oh, so wow. The so you redoubled twasium. No, I doubled it once. Okay. Well, I didn't technically because they gave me the choice of either um doubling, or I could go into a different section. So I wouldn't be in general anymore. I went into um, uh, gentrification. Right. So I don't know if you. Have yeah, some... yeah. 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 I never yeah. went through to do any of it, but I know enough French <laughs> yeah. people to know that that's how it works. Yeah, no. No, no. Fair yeah, enough. so um, I oh, went wow, into that yeah. one. And before then, I was just like, 
normal school, normal like French, maths, science, all that. Um, but then when I changed, um, I decided to go with the qualification side because it was at an uh, art school. So that meant that I'd have 12 Less hours maths. a week yeah. of, um, not 12, I don't know, well, half the hours of the week were like maths, French, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then the other half were art, oh, like all the different yeah. art subjects, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, for that score, I actually did really well. Before then, yeah, all failing. And then after then, I was like almost top of the class and everything. So it was, I don't know how. Well, no, but, yeah. you, 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 you do know how. You know how because you're dyslexic. This is the thing is that, no, 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 but it's true. But because you're dyslexic, you excel your brain because it's like downfalling in some regions. It means yeah. it's like going overboard yeah. in another part of you. No, it's true. Most <laughs> dyslexic people, not 100%, and I'm so adamant on it that people need to change the way that they think about dyslexia. I don't even think it should be called a learning disability. I think the word mm. disability is a horrible yeah. word. I just I don't even think it should be no and I, and I, and I really I, I it really upsets me and um that's why that's why and that's why you know you can do what you can do and and you can think the way that you can think and you can come up with all these ideas and do the visuals for them and do all the rest of it that's because yeah. of your dyslexic brain it's not in yeah. spite of it so it it's really interesting always... though it's really interesting that you had this school life where you were penalized for the first mm -hmm. half of it and then kind of rewarded in a really kind of yeah. weird way because because you were given the grounds to like it's like you, you were, were given the soil to plant the seeds do you know what i mean <laughs> and uh, it's really interesting that it, everyone i've spoken to mm -hmm. everyone has been the same same thing and I want to yeah. say, what fucking waste of potential. <laughs> Not seriously, though. I yeah, think yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah, a exactly. huge... I thought if I hadn't gone to the art school, I remember asking my mum, like... I'm not going to go to uni. Like, what could I ever do? There's, there's no arts like degrees or anything that you can do. I'm just going to like be a cleaner or something. Um, but yeah, no, I, just, I think going into art and actually doing what I actually wanted to enjoy what i wanted to do or enjoy doing just helps so much and so many people that i've noticed in um well our uni or in any creative thing are dyslexic oh 100%. but then also, i have felt a few times like even last week in one of our crits with um jamie the tutor i remember saying like oh blah 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 but um, I am dyslexic, and then I felt like I was like that sounded like an excuse. Like I still felt bad about saying, "Oh, by the way, I'm dyslexic, so don't like." Yeah. And I do it all the time. I do it all the yeah. time. I mock myself. Yeah. I mock like and, no, but and I seriously do though. Like when I say something, I'll go like, "Oh, dyslexia," but I genuinely <laughs> do. No, and even yeah. if I don't say it out loud, it's in my head. There's this little voice in my head that's going. Yeah. like oh you can't do it like everyone yeah. else can no it's true but that's no. and this is precisely that is precisely why i'm doing this and 
what mm-hmm. I want to change. Obviously, I mean, who knows? I could change the world. I'm hoping I do. If I don't, yeah. if I don't, people can just listen to this and feel better. But um, <laughs> but if I do, if I was president of the world, like I really would sort all of that out because um, it's a huge waste of potential. I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's amazing, though. And so, how um, how do do you think, um, do you think that um, because you had learning disabilities when you were younger, do you think it made you more? Um, did do you think it's kind of contributed to Ooh. the empath that you are today? Because I can. Oh, sorry. I, I just missed all of that. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. I'll repeat. No, no worries. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that um, the fact that. <clears throat> the fact that you had learning disabilities when you were younger, does that mm-hmm. do you think that made you more of an empathetic person today? Um, do you think it yeah. makes you more understanding of other people? And yeah, because there's one specific thing that I remember when I was, I think I was still in primary school, um, and I had like this presentation to do in front of the class, um, and like obviously it was really stressed about it. I think it was probably about. 10 maybe nine yeah nine or ten um and I just remember bawling my eyes out in front of the whole class and then the teacher like saying what are you doing why are you crying like stop crying just fucking get on with it it. um I was like right um she made me do it again the next day cried again in front of everyone um the teacher was eventually fired for um well just being awful really but like, I remember having like reading the stuff off my my pretty little um bundle which I like made really nicely artistic side was perfect um but yeah then just reading anything off it I just yeah. could not do it um yeah There's but a... I think carry on sorry that definitely now I feel uh, yeah well yeah a lot more empathetic towards mm. um people with any like struggle I still struggle to like talk um in front of lots of people and stuff do you do you think that's something that do do you think that um do you think that has anything to do because I understand the whole um standing up in front of the class and Mm -hmm. we used to have in CZM we used to um CZM is year seven for anyone listening. Mm. Um, in CZM, we used to uh, have to recite Victor Hugo, stood up in front of the whole class, oh, and uh, <laughs> and I'll never forget. It. And and you know the memory thing is is a huge thing. And 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 French education, and I don't want to diss it, but you know I've been through it, so I can diss it if I want to. Yeah. Um, I think it's hugely based on humiliation. They mm-hmm. love to humiliate. And because they kind of have this thing about, oh, if I humiliate you, then next week you're going to come back twice as strong and you're not going to want me to humiliate you. So you're going to do the work. That's kind of how the French system kind of works. Pretty sure that's exactly what the mentality of the was. So my question for you is, do you think that that humiliation that you went through when you were younger still has Mm -hmm. an impact on the fact that you don't like public speaking today? Do you think Probably, yeah. Yeah. Because I... I you would know. just make sense because you're not exactly just going to get over everyone laughing at you and mm. then the teacher yelling at you whilst you're crying in front yeah. of everyone. Oh, no, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They used to do this thing at my school as well. I don't know if they did it at yours. They used to, um, when they'd hand out the, the control, the tests, mm-hmm. whatever, Yeah. they would do it from 
uh, highest to lowest grade. Mm. Yeah, and, I and, remember there was the teacher yeah. names at that. And like, the teacher would walk, and you'd see the, that pile getting thinner and thinner, and you haven't got your yeah. copy back, and you're sitting there thinking, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> and everyone else would laugh. Everyone it's else in sad. the class would it's laugh. Good. I was absolutely terrorized by my years at school. Completely and utterly. That's why I don't like anything administrative. That's why I don't like this mm. uni course. Because I've been, <laughs> I've been, not genuinely though, I was scarred by education yeah. as a whole by my by my school. But I'm bilingual for it today. We're trilingual for it today. Yeah. And I wouldn't be <laughs> if it wasn't for that. But um, no, it's really interesting though. I found it really interesting hearing about, especially I, that I didn't know that you were educated in a French, in a French mm. um, context. So that's but, really um, interesting. And even though it was um, in Brussels, it's still very similar. Yeah, on like the same point as you, I'm so happy that it has made me have basically just more than English. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I know that it's like caused a few issues as well, like inside my head with how it works. Mm. Um, I don't know. And well, so that paper that you did, you just want to tell me a, a little bit about that mm-hmm. and then we'll... It was... Um, yeah one thing that i do struggle with is memory which is also apparently related to um, it is i i have no reverse memory like like none Uh, i might need to no that's all right take your time (laughs) um it was yeah so for my thing last year second semester um yeah i wanted to do something with typography um because well sort of how i felt like going into that direction yeah and i was like but I'm not good with words like whenever I do when I want to do like a little something side project like oh just like do this graphic thing about a word I'm like but then I can't find any words that I might feel Mm. comfortable with using or know that I'll actually like afterwards so basically thought when do typography but I do have my dyslexia what if I like mix them together Mm. um so yeah just did newspaper on dyslexia it was about trying to like not exactly portray exactly how I read but sort of the feeling of how I do feel when I read because obviously you struggle um and like in the like the round bits where you have to turn the newspapers keep going around and sort of going having that extra obstacle to get past to actually get the words and then have to remember the words and process them so much slower than any average person would um yeah it's it was about trying to get that frustration across to see hope that other people would maybe understand a little bit about how it feels yeah yeah no that's really interesting though it's really interesting i did i did so much research before kind of doing this podcast and i actually found this um this font i can't show you oh is it that yellow one yeah yeah, yeah I which is like the it. the four it's like basically it's like 40 percent of the font because mm. because we, yeah. we're only given like for us it takes us like 60 percent more time than it would a normal person yeah. so it's kind of giving that frustration showing that frustration yeah. through that i found that really interesting i found yeah, that really really interesting i was part of the research as well yeah no that's really interesting though and just one more question just about the um because i feel like you're one of the only people that i could ask this question to about the 
with dyslexia and, and, and multilingualism, um, <laughs> yeah. which is not a word either, but whatever. It's a dyslexia podcast. We can say what we want. Yeah, um, do whatever you want. In whatever language. <laughs> But um, no, um, the the so so was was um, French your first language, or were you taught um, both at the same time? What's the what's I your deal? Because well, obviously, I grew up since I was I was born in the UK, but okay. moved to Belgium when I was one and a half. So right. obviously, Baba. Yeah. wasn't exactly yeah. Um, but I went straight into French schooling. Um, so I don't I don't know which. Well, well presumably it would be well, both. Now, now that I've been in both. the UK for well, two oh my god, two and a half years almost. Um, well, I think I probably would say English is my first language because I just I don't really see anyone anymore that speaks French that I can speak French with on a daily basis, other than like by message. But then. Obviously, you're not wow. speaking it. So it's you, don't speak, so you don't speak your French anymore? No. Like, I mean, I'll see French stuff pop yeah. up on like, my feed or whatever. Um, and obviously, watching French, it'll activate like, the French side. But I haven't, I don't really and speak it do you in person. Do anymore. anything to, because I know my kind of, my, my relation to French, I was born in Paris, mm. but my dad is French, my mom's English. So mm-hmm. then I moved back to London and then I went to a French school and then my dad and my mom separated and then my dad left and then I didn't speak French for a long time uh, because mm-hmm. then I then I left the French school and I went to an English school and I was really sad um, because I felt like I lost my French so quick because this is the thing about languages and I think no one realizes mm-hmm. you can have that language yeah. in your so blood. Hard. You can have that language in your blood, which mine is. I am half French. So yeah. it's literally within me and I still lost it. And I found the uh, reading. I found mm. I forced myself. I forced yeah. myself. Even though I know reading, <laughs> dyslexia, blah, blah, blah. But I yeah. really forced myself to read in French to get it back. Uh, and now I have a French boyfriend yeah. and I, I do speak to my dad. <laughs> so so, it's, so we're all good. But... Yeah. Um, I did, yeah, and I did, and with the Spanish as well, I, I really forced myself to train and to still listen to stuff in Spanish mm-hmm. and read, and because you have to keep training that part of your brain to keep, yeah. to keep it yeah. active. Um, but that's really interesting, though. About yeah, the, I, I mean, I definitely have lost it since coming to uni. Oh, for sure, but that's only natural. Knew, yeah, I knew it would happen, um, but I don't know. I just, yeah, I enjoy going back now because I can be like, speak French, that sign is in French. Yeah. Oh my God. Do your but parents yeah. still live out there then? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're still in Brussels. Um, they probably will be forever. Well, no, maybe not. Um, wow. But yeah, it is nice going back there. Just sort of very, very different culture as well. Very different. I've never been to Brussels, but I know a few. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Russia it's pretty much the same as France. But I mean, like on the sort of posh, you know, people our age kind of thing. One thing that I noticed straight away coming from Brussels to the UK um, is guys in very very skinny jeans. Um, I have hated it <laughs> since I saw it. Don't don't like it, but you know, each to their own. 
Um, yeah. French, French people <laughs> definitely have more style. Let's mm. be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I, don't, no. I don't wander around Leeds very often for that specific reason. <laughs> my eyes, it really, it really mm-hmm. irritates my sensibilities. Yeah. Um, just pain. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Anyway, um, we're going to wrap this up now because we're coming yeah. to that time. But thank you so much for... Um, for doing this with me and yeah, it's been really for great doing a like a full project about it and getting people to understand hopefully yeah well hopefully this little thing can do can can help a lot. loads of people around my my aim for it actually is um i have got a couple more minutes my my aim for it actually is that um is to try and get it to schools that's my, mm. my big aim because um, what I've learned through speaking to many people is that, and from all different ages, I've spoke to a colleague, a colleague of my mom's who was like mm-hmm. the first ever person to ever be diagnosed with dyslexia in the 70s. And, you know, his testimony yeah. was incredible because he basically was given so many tests and he did really so well during his entire, like during his, from when he was a little, like, three years old to like when he was seven and he literally says word for word that the dyslexia was taught out of him so can it be there i take his word for it he's a copywriter he's a copywriter (laughs) today he does words for a living he's a professional (laughs) note taker do you know what i mean like my man is is he's hacked it He's got the dyslexia, he's put it away in a box and he's gone, right, I'll see you in a bit. It's incredible. So my thing is that we have to start with schools. We have to start with education. Yeah. We, have to, we have to create grounds where everyone can learn. We have to create systems of education where everyone, you know, where we're not prioritizing kids that don't have, that aren't neurodivergent. Because, mm. you know, and, and because it's such a huge waste of potential. If, imagine if we gave this crazy attention and imagine if we created a system within education that meant that not everyone, that everyone could do it and that everyone could show that they yeah. had a certain amount of ability. That's my, my mm. big aim for this is, is, to, is to take it to schools and, and to have people listen and to have people mm. wanting to actually make a change and make a difference because it's um it's something that is all of a sudden really important to me it's like only in the last couple of weeks but like it's become yeah. a huge thing now i can't stop thinking about anything else that's my mission and no, that's uh, there you go well thank you very much <laughs> no i do as well i think you know and and even if it doesn't it's huge for me from a from a personal from a personal perspective because it's um it's just been great learning about all these great things that come with dyslexia that i had no idea about and it's made me recognize certain qualities within myself like oh i am uh uh you know they say dyslexic people are creative that kind of everyone knows that but you know that, yeah. that you can have more of a holistic view of a certain situation that you're more of an empath that you're more of the kind of person that can understand the situation from a hundred mm-hmm. different perspectives which i can i'm i'm i know that within myself i've recognized that within myself i'm very often when there's any kind of conflict 
I'm the judge in it. Like I'm the one with, with my parents or with anyone. I'm like, mm, I yeah. think you should understand it from this person's perspective. Yeah, or yeah. maybe maybe put yourself in this person's shoes. Dyslexic people are very good at doing that. Yeah. No, so it's um so yeah, no, it's 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 amazing basically to be dyslexic. <laughs> That's the motto. Yeah. The conclusion no, we've come to. Be. that is the end of episode four guys i'd like to thank iona for joining me here on the show today Uh, we had another wonderful conversation about yet again what it is like to be bilingual and dyslexic um you know a dyslexic creative and all of the above i'd like to thank anyone and everyone who has listened this point thank you so much um and next week next week is a really interesting conversation guys it's actually slightly different uh than the last previous episode which is good we like different um it's mostly about work emails um so so we're actually going to be joined by uh again another old friend someone i haven't actually been in touch with for a number of years um yems yems and i knew each other quite quite a while ago now um and he is joining me today to discuss dyslexia in the workplace um so that is why it's quite a different episode um he had a very similar story to mine where he found out he was dyslexic quite late on in his life um therefore the school years kind of like mine aren't really you know because we didn't know we were dyslexic so it's quite different um so therefore there is quite a lot of an emphasis on dyslexia in the workplace which is something that is not is not really globally spoken about very much i don't think in general but also it's not really a topic that we have had the chance to talk about on this show yet so i'm very excited um for you guys to listen if this is something that you feel you might be interested in if you're struggling with your dyslexia in the workplace i think this is an episode for you so tune in same time same place next week thanks again guys bye